Welcome to the Real Life Church podcast channel. My name is Michael Bame. I am the pastor here, and Real Life Church is all about connecting Jesus to real lives. You can find out more about us at reallifecov.com. We are continuing on in our message series called Characters, where we've been taking a look at different biblical characters and asking three questions. Now, for you, those of us who have been with us for quite a while, you know what those three questions are. If this is brand new to you, no problem. I'm going to let you know what they are. First of all, with each character, we want to know, well, who are they, right? Who is this person? Uh, the second thing we want to know is, how does that person connect with Jesus, Super important. We want to be focused on how we connect Jesus, people with Jesus. So how do they connect with Jesus? And the third thing, and probably the most important thing that you really want to hear, is what do they have to do with me? Right? What do they have to do with us today? These are ancient people. Why, what influence could they have on us? Uh, so we're going to take a look at those three things. Um, but I want you to know something, and maybe this is just the nerdy piece in me, um, is that we've reached a milestone in our character's message series. Today's character is the first character outside of the book of Genesis. We made it. We made it through the book of Genesis. It wasn't exhaustive, uh, but we made it through. And so our character does not appear in the book of Genesis. In fact, uh, if you want to learn about their birth narrative, you have to look at Exodus chapter 2. Uh, and then you would read that from there all the way through the next four books of the Bible until you get to the end of Deuteronomy 34 where you hear about their death narrative. Uh, this character we're looking at today is Moses. Moses is the one we're going to take a look at. And so if you have the church app, you want to pull that open and take a, the, take a look at the notes, follow along in that way you can, or open up your Bible, uh, and you can try to keep up. Uh, but we're covering a huge amount of work today. And so as I was reading all of this and researching all of this, I was like, well, what, what's the one thing that we can take a look at uh, at Moses, uh, and even the people that he led, and that we can identify with them, right? So right off the bat, let's just see how we connect with this character. And Moses suffered from a problem um, that I think we all suffer in the problem, and we'll see that he, the people that he led suffered with this problem. He, so Moses had a listening problem. I said, listening problem. Not, not hearing problem, okay? In the Bible, the, the understanding of the word listen is all about not just receiving, you know, audio types of things into your ears and like it makes sense in your brain, but it, you have to go and do something about it. You have to respond to, uh, respond to it. You have to act upon it. And Moses has a listening problem. The people that he led has a listening problem. In fact, I think today we have a listening problem. If you have uh, kids or grandkids or you were a kid or you work with kids, you know that they have a listening problem, don't they? Just do the thing I'm telling you to do, right? Just listen to the words I say. You're, and what you're saying is not just, oh, hear it, even understand it, but do it. Uh, we have this issue in our, in our home. Our boys are great, um, but they're just like any other kids, and sometimes they have a listening problem. Um, they get worked up with one another, right? A little bit of sibling rivalry going on, and one picks on the other. And what do we do? What do we tell them to do when that happens? In our household, we just tell them, 
just walk away. If your brother is mistreating you, walk away. And if that your brother walks away from you, you walk away, right? Just, just walk away. Right? Just remove yourself from it. Now, they know, I know that they know this because when they don't listen to it, when they don't actually put those words into play, we talk with them and we ask them, well, what are you going to do differently next time? Every single time. Every single time. They say, walk away. <laughs> walk away. Yeah, you know what it is. You've heard it. It makes sense in your head. You know it's the right answer, but in the moment, you don't listen. You're not listening, right? You're not actually acting upon it. So that's, that's what we have. And that's the same thing in Mo- for Moses. Moses has a listening problem. He really does. Uh, so if you know the story of Moses, if you don't, I encourage you to go and read it, uh, starting in Exodus chapter 2, and then just buckle up. You've got a lot to read. But if you, if you know the story of, of Moses, you know there's a moment in his life where he encounters God. Right? He comes up to this high mountain all by himself, and he sees this burning bush there, and we hear that the angel of the Lord is speaking to him through this bush. I know, it's strange, it's weird, we don't understand it, but just, just bear with it. Like He's hearing God speak to him, right? and what does God want to do? He wants him to go to Egypt, the place he came from. And if again, if you read his story, he's got reasons not to go back to Egypt, okay? But he's, God wants him to go back to Egypt to help rescue, to deliver this group of people, his group of people from this land of slavery. And five times, Moses protests. That means he hears, right? He's making sense in his brain of what God wants him to do. And five times he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it for this reason. I can't do it for that reason. I can't, I can't, I can't. I won't, I won't, I won't. Finally, uh, at the end, the fifth time, here's what he says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. He finally just tells God, Lord, please send anyone else. Anyone else. I don't care who it is. Why don't you send them? They'll bring them here to me and I'll take over. I don't want to go back to Egypt. And I've got all of these excuses not to go back to Egypt. There's a, there's a theme here. There's something down at the core of Moses that makes it hard for him to listen. It's actually contributing to his listening problem. And maybe we can see it even more clearly as we look at this group of people that he is going to lead. He's going to bring them to this mountain, right? They're going to see God descend upon this mountain in smoke and cloud and lightning and fire. And they're going to see this God come down onto this mountain. They're going to hear God's words through Moses. They're all going to agree to those words. But then let's see how well they listen to those words. Uh, we find this when uh, Moses brings them to the mountain. He's going to give God, them God's 10 words. Remember, I call it God's 10 words, these instructions. We know it as the 10 commandments, right? All right, but these 10 words. So they hear it and then they need to respond. Okay, let's take a listen. So Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 1, here's what God says to them through Moses. The first words, first commandment I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Just stay there for a second. Who is their God? 
Yahweh, the Lord, is their God. And what did this God do for them? Rescued them from the land of Egypt. I'm not kidding you. You've got to listen. You've got to pay attention to this because it's going to come into play. So I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. Okay. Verse 4. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. So should they make a little image of this God of any kind? Should they do that? Okay, we're clear, right? We, we're hearing it. We're understanding it, right? Uh, or an image of anything in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea, okay? Yep, don't make anything. Let's see how well they listen. Exodus chapter 32, verse 4. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into a, the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. What are you doing? Why can't you just listen to the thing I'm telling you to do? Right? I just told you not to do this. And I'm not kidding. You follow the line. I know that there's like 12 chapters in between, but really in the, the, the narrative, the order of things, it's like, boom, 40 days, like something like that. They're like, we don't know where Moses is. Let's just make something, right? The point here, though, is that this God that they have met doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't fit their categories, and so they need to put this into a, a framework of what they understand. Here's how we want to worship God. Here's the type of God that we're comfortable with. Here's the type of God we think that we need. And so they go and they make this God. There's something at the core of this group of people that makes it hard for them to listen there's something at the core of Moses that makes it difficult for him to listen, to actually respond in a way that is going to be the way God wants him to respond. And there's something at the core of us that's at issue with listening to what God has to say. Now, let's just think about this for a second. You ever come to a place in life good place, bad place, whatever it might be. And you're like, you know, I should read my Bible more. Now, if you're not a Bible person, you don't read your Bible at all, that's not going to make any sense to you. But if you're a person that goes to church and things like that, you know, yeah, reading your Bible is an important thing, right? So does anybody here dare raise their hand and say, yeah, I actually read my Bible too much, right? Yeah. Right, no, we're always kind of like, oh, I, I just I never read enough. And, and, and at the same time, there's something that gets in our way of why don't we actually engage with these words that God is trying to say to us. There's something at the core of that. And I think that perhaps for Moses, for the people he's led, for our kids listening to the words we say, for us, that core thing is we don't want to listen to things we don't want to hear. Sit with that for a second. We don't want to listen to things that we don't want to hear. It makes it hard for us to engage with the Bible because we're like, I don't know, maybe it's going to tell me something and do something, and I don't really want to do it. Right? I don't even want to do it in the first place. And that's the way our kids are. Right? We would have no listening problem if I said, hey, if your brother starts picking on you, why don't you kick the doo-doo out of him? Right? <laughs> Just go ahead, haul off and, and hit him. Why don't you just retaliate? 
right? I want you to do that. I want you to claw them. I want you to bite them. I want you to hit them. Go do it. We would have no listening problem whatsoever, right? Not one. Not one listening problem. If God said to Moses, you know what? Why don't you wait here at this mountain? I'm going to go and get these people. I'm going to bring them out to you. There would be no listening problem for Moses. If God said to the Israelite people, hey, I'm just like every other God. Go ahead and make this image, whatever you want, to represent me. There would be no listening problem. We have a listening problem because we don't want to listen to things we don't want to hear anyway, right? There's something down inside of us that we wrestle with. Maybe we have the, the way in which we want to live already laid out. And as long as God is on our side with that, as long as we can find things that prove that, that my way of living is good, then we like that. But when it doesn't, then we're like, I don't know. Do I really need to listen to that? Well, Moses knows this about the people as he's journeyed along with them. He's wandered in the, the desert for 40 years with his people. They've died out. A new generation of people ha has been born, and he brings them to the edge of the promised land, the land that he wants to lead them to, and he wants to address the listening problem that they they're going to encounter. In fact, he predicts what's going to happen if they continue to have this listening problem. And yet there is hope in this whole thing, okay? And there's hope for you and for me in this listening problem that we have. He's actually going to show them a way in which they can be people that not just like to hear what God has to say, but they love to listen to what God not only has to say, but to do what he's asking them to do. They become people that love to listen. And here's what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 26. Today I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. I've never had that experience. <laughs> I hope to never have that experience. Like those are big witnesses, right? If you break my covenant, he's speaking on behalf of God here. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. The thing that you want to possess, it's going to be taken from you, okay? You will live there only a short time, then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. There in the foreign land you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. You're going to worship these gods that make sense to you, okay? But from there... You will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, what will happen? You will find him. So it's not just a, a, a listening problem here, right? It's a heart and a soul and a mind and my way, my will problem, isn't it? That's really at the core of this whole thing. It's really a heart problem. Do we want to be these people that love to listen? What will it take for you to be a person that loves to listen, to search for this God and find him? For them, that sounds really awful, doesn't it? 
the breaking of this covenant, being scattered to these nations where they're just completely foreign, the thing that you are looking to possess is getting taken from you. You're going to suffer in this land. You're going to be worshiping gods that are not your God. But there's a few that if you really want to connect with this God, if you really want to search after him, the good news is you'll find him. You'll find him. God is there waiting to engage with people that love to listen. But there's something that needs to happen for us to be people that love to listen. There's a transformation inside that has to take place. The way that we think about things needs to be changed. Our heart condition needs to be softened. Our soul and our, our will, all that we are, needs to be one that's actually searching for this God. And so Moses gives them another thing that they can do. I actually, uh, an instruction that's supposed to encompass their whole life. He says this in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. You might be familiar with this. Listen, O Israel. Are they supposed to just receive these words, interpret them in their brain, and that's good? No. Listen, do something with it. What are you to do? The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. None of these other images that you've made. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart. Right? You're searching after God with all of your heart, are you? It starts with this love for God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Remember that was addressed earlier, right? If you search with God with all of your soul and all of your, your strength is not, you know, how much you can bench press. It's about all that you are, all of your greatness, all of your muchness, right? It's all that you are, all of your capacity, all of your competency. You're to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all that you are. This will help you to be transformed into a person that actually loves to listen. For those of you that have kids, right? If you have kids, and you had kids that loved to listen to what you had to say, they, they sought out your advice. They, they seek you. Like, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whatever, what do I do in this situation? That'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be wonderful that they actually honor you enough and love you enough and seek to do things that they trust that you have what's best for them in their life and they seek you out. This is what God is talking about here. That, that you would seek out what God has to say, what God's word has to say, what he's already spoken and wrote down and we put together in a book has to say for your life. Can you be transformed into people that love to listen? Now, maybe you're wondering, okay, that's Old Testament stuff. We've talked about how we might connect with it and things like that, but what about Jesus? Because Jesus is really important. 
Do you know that there's a page in the Bible where Jesus and Moses show up on that same page? Do you know that? Yeah, there's an account in the Bible where they're together on the same page. It's crazy because how can this Old Testament person be on the same page as a New Testament person? Now, it's a little bit uh, tricky here as we're going to be going from the end of one uh, chapter into the beginning of a new chapter, but you got to see there's a huge connection between the two. And it's just unfortunate that they broke it up this way, all right? It's a time where Jesus is going to take his disciples, uh, just three of them actually, uh, up to a place to be alone, and they're going to experience something, and they're going to see that Moses and Jesus are here at the same place. And it starts in Matthew chapter 16 at the end of that, and then rolls into 17. And just hang with me. Here's what it looks like. Matthew 16, verse 28. Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Just leave it there for a second, right? Just listen to that. This is a big prediction, isn't it? The, the people that, are there, that Jesus is talking with, He's telling them that they will not die before they actually see Jesus himself coming into this kingdom he's been preaching about. That's a big deal. But listen to the next, very next verse in 17.1. Six days later, six days later is important. So we're thinking, oh, before they die, they're going to see Jesus. Are they going to see him resurrected? Are they going to see him what? No, in six days. Actually, if you count it off, on the seventh day, on the seventh day, they're going to experience and see Jesus coming into his kingdom. Check this out. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up to a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses, holy Moses, <laughs> Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus, Moses and Jesus on the same page. Isn't that crazy, right? On the seventh day, on a high mountain, come on, stop it, right? Are you kidding me? Can we beat over the head any more about this? Now, Peter freaks out. He doesn't know what to do with him, so he's like, oh, I don't know, let's build some shacks for you guys, right? He doesn't know what he's saying. But as he's speaking, now God shows up, and he speaks. In verse 5, he says this, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Listen to him. You listen to Moses? Well, right? We know you have a listening problem. This is my son whom I dearly love. I want you to love him the same way by listening to him. Now, the four gospels, um, they go almost out of their way, Matthew in particular, to show that Jesus is this greater than Moses character. Uh, so no wonder why they put him on the same page. But the point is clear. This is the thing that we need to connect with Jesus, to connect with our own listening problem, to be transformed in a way that we can become uh, people that love to listen, is that when we see God through Jesus' eyes, 
That's what Jesus is about here. When we start to see God through Jesus' eyes, we can be people that are transformed into people that love to listen. If we can start seeing God through Jesus' eyes, we are transformed into people that love to listen. And it may not come right away. It may be difficult. Jesus experienced that. Uh, in two accounts, two different things I'm going to share with you about um, when Jesus appeared. The resurrected Jesus appeared to a couple different people. They were transformed. And listen to what happens here. Okay? Uh, the first one uh, is Jesus joins a couple disciples as they're like heading out of town. Um, and they're going to this town called Emmaus. Uh, and they're on their way there. And they spend some time with Jesus. And then he says to this uh, towards the end. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Then Jesus said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Who opened their minds? Jesus opened their minds. The resurrected Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, to see those scriptures, the things that he said are fulfilled, to be fulfilled. Now they see God through Jesus' eyes throughout the scriptures that they know. That is a transformation that has happened to them. And Jesus is the one that transforms their mind. And that's not it. There's another person that knows the scriptures really well. He's the apostle Paul. He was called by a different name before, but now he's called Paul. And he writes to this church that he's looking to visit in Rome about what it is like for them to change the way that they think, that they could become people that love to listen because of his own experience with the resurrected Jesus. He says this in Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Stop there. Don't be making idols that make sense to you, right? After you experience this God in a way that didn't make sense to you, right? Don't start going back to those ways. Don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that, excuse me, the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's whole. There's nothing lacking. It's like things that happen on the seventh day, the number seven. It's about completeness and wholeness, right? Wouldn't you like to know these things for your life? I mean, wouldn't you, would you want to become a person that loves to listen to what God has to say for you? Then it takes a transformation. That then these, these written words don't become burdensome or, man, it's going to tell me something that I don't want to know already. But we can start seeing them through the way Jesus wants us to see them. And we become people that actually love to listen. Imagine what would happen if there was a group of people that allowed God to transform the way they think about him. That they could become a community of people 
that are talking about and sharing and encouraging one another into seeing God through new eyes, seeing God through Jesus' eyes, that they would be transformed into new people. They would be people that lived in this kingdom that Jesus not only ushered in, but can't stop talking about. That they would actually love to be a part of that community. That, that would change everything. And it's, it takes Jesus changing not just the world around you, but they could change the world around them because Jesus changed this world inside them. Give them a new way to think. Give them a new way to line up their will with God's will. There's, there's something at the core of us that needs to be transformed. Can we learn from Moses? Can we learn from the, the people that he led? Can we learn from the disciples? Can we learn from Jesus and say, yeah, I want to be transformed into a person that loves to listen. I don't want to be that stubborn child anymore that wants to do it their own way. To give the answer of like, at the end of our life, what were you supposed to do? I oh, love my neighbor. Right? We know the answer. We know the answer. But can we love to listen to the answer? To love to do the answer? This is what Jesus presents to us today. And I want to I pray us together to be transformed in this way. So bow your head with me. Heavenly Father, we admit that we have a problem listening doing the things that we know you want us to do. Jesus, we ask that you would help us to see God in a new way, that you would transform us, that you would open up our minds to your words, that they would speak into our hearts and our souls, that we could be changed into people that love to listen, and that loving to listen would change the world around us because you've changed the world inside of us. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Hey there, hope you enjoyed the sermon today. We love connecting Jesus' life with other people's lives and hope we were able to do that with you today. If you'd like to know more about us here at Real Life Church, please check us out at reallifecov.com. Thanks for listening.